0: It's Friday. It Friday. I'm, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so tired I'm loopy. It's That's been a it sprint, so, man. I know. It, it really been a has. Sprint.
1: Been. After a marathon.
0: <laughs> After Well, I, ironically, I have one tomorrow. And so.
1: Oh, right. where's the. where's the, uh,
0: it's, um, it's at the uh, Rose Bowl. It's the Ooh. Gladiator Rock and Run. It's oh. the six miles. Yeah, for those of you that don't know,
1: Dr. <laughs> Conover and yeah. uh, two of our staff members mm-hmm. have been hitting up. Uh, all these Spartan races, yeah, Mud, mud runs, runs, Tough Mudder, tough mudders since Rugged
0: ab- Maniacs. Since about March. a year now, right? No, March. Once, uh, since March. once One a month. Really? Yeah. It feels well, like it's been. I But you guys
1: were doing more.
0: Mm-mm. I we mean, just have, literally, we started March. March, April, May, June, July, August. Oh,
1: I thought you were doing the one more sporadically, mm-hmm. and then you started doing the monthly stuff. Wow. No, okay. Um, it's like since March. It,
0: it was just like one, and I was like, this is awesome. Well, I used to compete, you know, so I used to be an athlete yeah. back in the day, and so, it wow. just kind of reawakened the beast within, which yeah, is well, really nice. I mean, nice. and
1: you should you should have stuff that you go well, do.
0: You know, it's funny because I, you know, me, I like to multitask. So if it's not right, then I put it off. And I, the last thing on my list to do is really to work out. Yeah. It, you know, and of course, it's like you know, practice what you preach because I would tell people, <laughs> you need exercise and get out there and take care of yourself. And I'm right. just like, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow, <laughs> kind of thing to work out because I don't have the time. And so then, found the time to do it. You know, yeah. in the, the crack hours, literally. Yeah. Because just me and uh, Angela at four thirty at the gym. It well, which is nice because you know the, the six a.m. folks come in. We're like slackers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you man.
1: Know. You guys are putting
0: it's up. It's pretty reps. funny, but you know what? It's it's that works for us, and um, it's nice because it's quiet and it doesn't interfere with anything. And I totally look forward to it.
1: Are, 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 you, are you and Angela still able to do it? Yeah, even with even, her schooling, even with
0: her schooling. Nice. yeah, absolutely. Nice. Because it's so early, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, she yeah. doesn't this. live too far from here. No, so. and plus at that, that time, like I said, I it's know. only us and people yeah. who are, you know, on the street, like, doing crack. Literally, there was actually, it was her and I and somebody outside at the bus who was literally on crack. Okay. So it was kind of like, mm. crack you know, house. yeah, it really was. So we just kind of laughed at ourselves, like, Crackers oh, it's just are, us. They're unique
1: species. Crack
0: it. Yeah, I mean, it's almost – tr- it, unfortunately, that stuff just eats at your brain like no other yeah, drug. It yeah. really, really does. If there's a drug to do that really – you know, meth, crack, those are just bad. It's yeah, bad, bad for your brain, for sure.
1: But uh, my pal and I, when we used to do our car drinking, I mean, I think my early 20s, my mid-early mid 20s, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was – it was a time, right? It was just a time to be alive. And uh, mm-hmm. we'd be out on Queen Street. And so if any of you guys out there are familiar with Englewood, uh, Queen Street is where my parents live. And it is a fascinating, sh- endlessly yeah. fascinating street. Right. If okay. you're up, you have nothing else to do. Right. You just happen to be up and you want to, you know, see some stuff. <laughs> just go to Queen Street. Right. Go right there between um, where, where, the, where the street starts. It's a cul-de-sac right there behind uh, Roscoe's. And just, just pop, pick a corner queen mm-hmm. and ash and just watch we've yeah. seen there was the neighborhood crackhead that had broken into my ex-girlfriend's car oh, and goodness. stole her child's blanket
0: oh no he's a very
1: strange gentleman he was the same oh, strange no. gentleman that when uh the what our apartment complex caught on fire
0: yeah um i remember that yeah
1: he wanted to see the body
0: oh because we, we
1: unfortunately lost a young woman and her oh, daughter yeah. or her baby um and he was like so juiced to go see. Like, he, so again just Queen Street stuff. You right, know what I'm saying? Okay,
0: just normal. Guys that were stuff. into like
1: necrophilia. Wow. And, uh, and then he, this, wow. same, this same gentleman one night. were. actually we're
0: treated a patient with that.
1: Remember you mm-hmm. talking about the person?
0: Uh, and actually, they were a minor. And so that's even yeah, more unusual. unusual. Yeah, I mean, it made sense. Why? You know, yeah. because you don't necessarily, there's no sense of rejection there. This is why people right. don't understand that sort of level of um, right. you know, connection to a human body. Right. Uh, but it's devoid of emotion. There's no sense of rejection. You right. know, nobody w- is there to judge you. Yeah. N- you know, no performance anxiety, so to speak. And so, um, yeah. and it's more so males. You know, as far as the the folks she that are interested in that. Yeah. I, I think it's very rare for a female. To that p- that to would be
1: she had to be severely interesting.
0: Y- yeah. I don't know if it, that even exists. To be, on, to be, be really. honest.
1: But there were some hardcore, you know, s- uh, sadistic. Sadists that were women.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. And the,
1: the, the Bathory woman, Mary Bathory, who was Hungarian, is the one that are, That's. Did you ever watch Hostile Part 2?
0: No. Okay. I can't watch, like, it, s- there, two, It's not. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it, cause it's it, it pretty, singes it's, in, because I'm such a visual person. Yeah. Once it's in there, I can't get it out. You wouldn't
1: be able to get these images uh, yeah,
0: out. Yeah, so I try yeah. to avoid... Like, even news stories, like, if I read headlines, yeah, uh, it just it sticks in there, and it's yeah. just... I can't. Unfortunately, well,
1: so. so, well, basically Queen Street was the hood version of Hostel. It was just oh, minus the mayhem, but it okay. was, which is not hostile at all, but <laughs> it was just, you saw okay. some stuff, you yeah. know, you, we, st- one night, same guy was walking with mm-hmm. this slightly overset Mexican gentleman holding okay. hands. Oh, none of us knew he was, you know,
0: Yeah, interesting.
1: doing, doing, getting down mm-hmm. that way. Um, he, had, he went to jail multiple times,
0: okay. uh,
1: Lots of fights, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. but just fights between people, like right. n- nothing. Like you didn't feel threatened. It's just like right. every night was. I got chased by poodles. What? Got chased by raccoons. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just Queen Street's crazy. Like wow. if you want to go out and have a night,
0: right?
1: I mean, you want to do it for you know the cost of a bottle of of, of liquor, you know, twenty <laughs> bucks at the at the gas station or twenty bucks at the liquor store. Yeah, Queen Street. I'm telling you, you'll see some stuff, right? Go, go hang
0: well, out. <laughs> I was kind of the first level of psychology is to be an observer, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I can observe something real quick and just, you know, like the other day, one of our interns come in and Marlene was like, you look different. I'm like, oh, no glasses. Like, it's just an automatic, like a reflex mm-hmm. kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, I know people we search. We search for something's missing, or there's something off, or, you know. But right. it's like, I know it before I know it.
1: Right, 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 right. right. When, right. You, when
0: you have that eye. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's really what I'm training them to do. That's why I kind of put them through the rigors of, like, second pair of eyes and yep. things like that. Um, and so it's really important to kind of really sharpen those sort of, uh, you know, observational skills.
1: It's funny you should bring that up. You know, for those of you out there in the listening universe, you know, the, the meat and potatoes of life, mm-hmm. in terms of life, in, in, uh, and I, have to, I do have to say in America because I, I am not familiar with any other economy um putting in the work Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is Mm -hmm. more important than being talented i know people say that a lot but i I don't think that it gets stressed amongst the talented
0: well you know what's interesting about the talented the talented have has a hard time to be regimented The the, the talented unless you have a structure in place whether a person or some sort of, you know, schedule or a routine. Like, you know, if you have an OCD component, right then you're self-contained. Right. Because you're driven to, you know, do the checkoff list. Right. But a lot of talent, because I see lot of uh, geniuses daily. Yeah. Easily, daily in my office. And the frustrating thing for them is that they know they have these, like, exceptional skills and, you know, abilities. But they just are not able to execute. Mm-hmm. They just kinda, and I think that's a very torturous sort of feel to things when you know you you possess this ability but you feel helpless to actually like bring it to fruition to really make it work for you. Right. Sometimes like, you know, I'll activate them, just upset them in a way where it disengages kind of like, you know, the limbo state. Mm -hmm. And it's uncomfortable, but it's a necessary part of like growth and change, you know? Mm -hmm. And certain things that when I share with people in in session, it's very counterintuitive and I think that's why people get stuck because we're always kind of searching with the pattern and our right. pattern feels very intuitive. Like that's <clears> what we're supposed <throat> to do. And right. so, but we get trapped with it. Right. And I watch how unconscious certain people are. And I find that uh, a lot of the emotionals um, are very unconscious, yeah. you know, because they're always operating on the sense of feeling. And so they're, not, you know, logic or those undertone of processes, they don't get tapped into. Right. Now, if I switch partners around, which is what I did the other day with a couple that I'm seeing switch their roles and you can do certain things, it's like turning on the light and I'm not necessarily going to disclose you know specifics by any means but um, you know sometimes I'll tell people it's been a couple occasions in couples like you definitely have to break apart in order to be together and I know that's kind of an odd statement to say but that's the reality of the situation because especially if you've been together for a long long time, more than 20 years it, you know because relationships have the sort of parallel um, you know approach to things but then the, it, you veer away and naturally you're supposed to actually actually because you're always constantly growing and changing and you're supposed to do it in a parallel state but you can't do it side by side you know and so you you branch off you come back together you branch off and so as time goes on there's more of a like a disconnected distance that's required and so w- it's really hard to change when you're constantly in parallel form so that was what was happening it's like they got stuck in limbo mm. so i had to literally pull the plug on them but I, but all of a sudden, when I did that, lights go on, rolls automatically got switched. Not anything conscious that they did, by the mm-hmm. way. That's what I think is really fascinating where you present an idea. This is this is just an idea. These are words. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always fascinated with how words can change a human mentality like that. I mean, we're always, li- I, f- I find it so primitive for us to use pills. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I'm not, like, against medication by any means. But I find it so interesting that, it's like, it, it, the pill is the requirement for that change. Not necessarily so. Words. We just have to find the right ones. It, it is literally a mm-hmm. code. You know, it's the key to things. So, but, again, no, no, one's, no one knows the language. Right. And we're all scrambling to kind of figure it out. But it Well, that
1: language would be effect- effectively, when people ask, what's the meaning of life? That's what that language would be. It would right. be explaining the meaning of existence, of creating, because that's... What I've found is in the talented, the, the world of the talented and, and their whether it's lack of progress or whatever mm-hmm. the circumstances are, they usually spend most of their time wondering if it's even necessary because they're afraid of the rejection. They're afraid of, right. of you know, the trying. <clears throat> the, oftentimes, the, the, the fear of the mm-hmm. rejection is simply has too much gravity than the benefit that they, that they think could come from it because they don't really understand what the purpose of that thing is. Right. When you, I mean, look at Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. talent and hard work. Why? Because, I mean, yes, he's probably wired up a little different than most of us. Sure. I mean, he had a, his his competitive streak was, it's legendary. Mm -hmm. Um, But he also, you know, Kobe, LeBron, these guys put in the work. I mean, even Barack Obama, they put in the work. Why? Because they understand the purpose Mm -hmm. of the thing. And they're not spending all their time conceptualizing. They're spending their time doing, right? Yeah. Putting in reps. The reps are the hard part. Like, almost all of us can, can think about, you know the 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 idea of a problem where we can think about <clears throat> you know playing in a basketball game or playing mm-hmm. in a whatever game or you know uh, giving an evaluation in terms of the doctorals like thinking about how to do their job the right way you can yeah. think about it and, that, and you can know the words know mm-hmm. the language but nothing is more effective than putting in the work doing the assessment Abs- over and over writing reports mm-hmm. over and, and over, and over, and over, and and over, and over, over again. Yeah. And then even when you've reached that, you know, quote mm-hmm. unquote, you're licensed, you're, whatever. You're, yeah. you're licensed and you're doing stuff. Right. Over, and and over, and over, and over. Yeah, Th- that absolutely. cannot be, and, and I actually I actually picked up this concept. Mm-hmm. My mom's Jamaican, so they do the rote learning, which is you know, one plus one is two, two plus two is four, right? They, that's how mm-hmm. they do their, they, it's British style. Um, and I was, I was Googling one day, maybe 2 or 3 years ago mm-hmm. and I saw somebody from Europe and they were talking about the differences between um, the American education system and some other places in the world. Yeah. And said Americans place too much interest in concepts. The kids mm-hmm. don't know how to do the work.
0: Right.
1: They don't know how to do the work. Right. Yeah, they can explain to you what math is supposed right. to mean.
0: <laughs> right. They can't do
1: Absolutely. the work. They they can sit down and go say, "Yeah, you know, math makes me feel this It makes me feel, okay, that's great. I am right. I'm, I'm glad right. math <laughs> makes me feel right. that way." Right. But can you do this calculation? Right. Can can you run this experiment? Mm-hmm. American students have a very hard time. Yeah. Or when you try to get them to start doing it, they veer off in some other direction, right? Right. They veer off in some other, well, I, you know, what I, what I wanna do, what I, what I wanna express, it's like, that's a great, I just wanna know, can you do it? Can you do, do it? The,
0: can you do, <laughs> can well, you do know, the work? You know, what's interesting what I find about uh, athletes in particular, you know, like, especially the, the high-caliber ones, mm-hmm. like you're, who you're talking about, I, I guarantee there's an OCD component a- that a is season. it, and that's the drive, really, and that's why there's certain elements of, of human nature, or characteristics that are supposed to be in place. I find it fascinating when people try to like, get al- like rid get of rid of OCD. it. It's, well, yeah, and it's <laughs> like, well, there's certain OCDs that that it, it's the bell curve. The, yep. There's a certain point like it's going to go the it's other obstructive. way. Obstructive. It, it's obstructive. It's prohibitive. It, it becomes you know Spend an hours issue. Hours doing you know Absolute, menial
1: tasks. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Kind of and I find it that it's more of a sense of the problem of perception. The perception of the person is that I'm not done you know doing this, like making the bed. So it takes me 20 minutes versus a couple minutes, which that would be you know an average amount of time time but because like there's a need a a, a need to make sure and so there's that especially like i said with athletes that's the drive because when they go into kind of the they retire and they're vets now they they're out of sorts they don't know what to do with themselves and it's very depressing and it's very frustrating for them they usually develop some foundation or they participate you know donating their time becoming a coach or something that's still part of But because the schedule is not you know in place there's definitely this sort of disconnect and shakiness so i see anxiety in them i see depression in them you know frustration all these things because as as much as some of them fight against the routine you know coming in late etc they they need it there's a drive for it Mm -hmm. and anyone that is successful you know beyond like being an athlete etc with a different domain, whether your business, whether your are psych, yep. whether whatever, yep. if you don't have that component and neuroses that exists as it's a driver, I must do this. You're not going to be successful. You're always going to be disappointed and right. p- possibly in other people. Right. You know what I mean? Because again, you have to look at yourself. It's not them. It's, it's really not them. It's you. So right. and it's okay that it's you. I just want to put that out there. It is you, yeah, which is bad. actually a good thing because then that means you can control it. That right. that means that you have to take like okay the initiative the steps forward to make a change
1: right
0: you, you see, and the change is not hard it's just the idea of the change
1: mm-hmm. again
0: going back to concepts the idea of something just becomes so much larger that's like oh I can't execute mm-hmm. and I just take it apart well how long and what do you do and did it, and so I'm literally breaking things apart so I'm looking at the data and then re like basically readjusting reorganizing things so Mm -hmm. it makes sense so it unlocks people Mm -hmm. and the the interesting thing about that it's like sometimes the solutions surprise me it's Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're given a puzzle but you don't know what the end result is supposed to be like a rubik's cube we know what the end result is supposed to be you know separate colors on each side right but with humans i have no idea until we get to the solution i'm like oh that's what it is right And it's unique to people. It's not like, you know, there are certain patterns over and over that you see, but it's unique to this particular, like, let's say, couple or person or family or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm always constantly adjusting. I feel like I'm like this, you know, behind the scenes engineer. I'm like, all right, let me (laughs) lift your hood. Let me see what's in there. What's going on? What do I got? Um, And then teaching them like about the brain of the other person, whether it's their child or their partner or. Their boss mm-hmm. in particular, I've, I've, you know, given people information of how to not manipulate because that's such a negative yeah, word, a negative but just have a better understanding of layout in your environment. So that way you can avoid certain things, mm-hmm. y- you know, because some people's anxiety is going to actually like, uh, you know, make them look a certain way. They may look narcissistic as a result because yep. they're feeling like they're losing grasp to their situation. Yep. So they look like jerks. People don't want to be around them. Then they get inflated. I, it's like this whole process of things. Then they feel like no one here like, you know, does the work that I do. And it's like, dude, you're not doing any work.
1: Right.
0: Stop complaining. Like, you know. And so that, that was a situation that actually occurred. And it's like, mm, I understand that the anxiety exists, but you cannot use it this way mm. to push people away. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, well, I'm vulnerable now. Mm-hmm. I'm sensitive now, so I need you to step away from me because I don't want you to really see how I am. Mm. and we do that un- completely unconscious that's mm-hmm. what i find fascinating it's just yeah. this sort of like you know operating system that op- you know that goes on its own so yeah that's why i love what i do it's n- it's never a dull moment always a different day right you know i think i would be bu- you know bored to tears you know if it was just the same routine over and over and over um and again that's my brain you know talking so and i know in business side of things you know it's it's interesting to take that and kind of flip it over because you can't really do therapy in a business setting. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You. For me, I just like discussing ideas. I really, I don't care about modalities in there. Even mm-hmm. though I love studying, I yeah. love learning what you guys study. I don't care about the mm-hmm. formal theories. I like, I like exchanging ideas, especially good ideas, right? Good oh, ideas yeah. with good people. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's me. So if if, w- if I'm running a training session or if I'm d- working with kids, mm-hmm. all I really want to do is see how you form. How do you form your understanding of the world? That's mm-hmm. why I have to. L- I have to mm-hmm. lean on you guys heavy to help me understand. You know, sort of the cognitive architecture of, of different mm-hmm. types of people with uh, sk- what their abilities are and, and you know, how they're. You know, especially in this in, in ideas. You know, yeah. executive functioning. How they can. How can they organize? How do they approach a particular issue? Um,
0: in the execution aspect of that right
1: but but you know if we're just doing a training then we're just we're exploring the idea right exploring what does it mean and where the potential obstacles and where your potential allies and what's something you may not have considered before what is what Mm -hmm. does your friend know what would they do differently like that's that's what i like to do right role-playing right figuring out what does it feel like to be in someone else's skin Mm -hmm. you know and how hard that is for a lot of people right to 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 imagine yourself in a different you know i do it every day i pass people and i try to imagine them especially if it's an older person, yeah. I will try to imagine them at, at my age right now. Mm-hmm. How would I feel about who they are? Do, do I like them? Are they a friend? Are right. they somebody I'm in class with? Do I work with them? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, those are things that I do to exta- ex- expand how I understand myself. More, right. Most importantly, actually, mm-hmm. I, actually I, I role play in other people's lives to understand myself. Uh, not to understand them. Mm-hmm. Uh, understanding them comes later because once I've put mm-hmm. myself into their shoes, I understand where I'm coming from. Right. Then I can engage them in a conversation and actually have some universal ground because right. I've spent time trying to understand who you know who and what they are. Um, and that t- that to me is putting in the work. It's right. there's there's one there's one element of it that is imagining. It's imagining. That's that's the the thought process but putting in the work is actually seeking out those conversations right whether it's over drinks or over dinner or over mm-hmm. with at your friend's house or at your parents house I mean I, do, I told my dad I texted me the other day like hey man I found this new concept I wanna exchange ideas with you And yeah. you say great I want to break bread like that's my that's my thing mm. is exchanging ideas and they better damn sure be good right and you know people say well how do you measure a good idea is it by its it's 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 by its ability to withstand a conversation that's yeah. actually a good yeah, idea. Yeah. Is its yeah. ability to withstand a, yeah. a bad idea? You say all you know, all people under five foot are, are are stupid. Right. That's a bad idea. Right. Why? Because we could very easily disprove that.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. If you look at
1: your boy, what's his name? The economist uh, from Berkeley now. God, he's the one that runs the something report. Anyway, he's four mm. foot eleven, and he mm-hmm. used to be the uh, he was the treasurer or treasurer or something like that in the nineties. Mm-hmm. He's obviously not stupid.
0: Right, <laughs> you right, know what I mean? absolutely. So it's
1: like a good idea is mm-hmm. one that's able to withstand conversation. If you and I yeah. can, can exchange an idea without one of us getting defensive or mad mm-hmm. or whatever the circumstances are, that to me is good. That's what we do in business. You know? And then we, we start to put our resources where really good ideas mm-hmm. exist that have economic upsides. Um, and we get people engaged because you know, business folks, what we do really well or we do terribly is talk, mm. Really. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, or either or, you're either a business person that's that's phenomenal at talking, so you're probably a salesperson or CEO or, you know, mm-hmm. area rep or whatever the circumstances are, or you suck and you're a right. finance guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or a, a resource person, or human guy. resources, right? I mean, yeah. it's like, you, you, could, you could almost you could almost organize the business world based upon how they share, ex- explain, validate, and verify ideas. Right. You, yeah, really, yeah. it could come down to each function mm-hmm. in each region of the states or whatever, each industry. You could organize them by how you know. If I go to Boeing, yeah, there's yeah, going to yeah. be a very very distinct style of how ideas get shared and validated. Oh
0: sure, right. It's going to yeah. probably
1: much be much more methodical, mm-hmm. and and you know have Gantt charts and you know all or, these or kinds of sh- things. Or
0: should be methodical. Right. Or Should have should. you know so.
1: Or and then know. if we went to maybe a marketing company, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they maybe they are a little more ad hoc. Maybe they are right. less structured, or maybe right. they're more structured, right? I I, I wouldn't know, right. but the idea is I would I could be able to go into any. Place and right. have a conversation about how your ideas get made here,
0: yeah. And yeah, who, yeah who
1: has decisions, and why does that person have the decisions? Because it's a piece of paper, is mm-hmm. it? Because your charter, your charter says that your articles yeah. of incorporation—that's not real power. It's right. formal. Right. It doesn't mean that it does anything. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like these are these are these are the conversations that I like having with business folks because, especially when they're more seasoned than I am, they're able to to put nuance and hues on, on problems like John Knackle, yeah, the guy that yeah, spoke. With yeah two months ago, mm-hmm. you know, he was able to, to color the healthcare industry
0: yeah, in such yeah, a way.
1: Yeah. Why? Because he's seasoned. He knows it. His ideas are, they're not just good. They're, yeah, they're, they're, good. they're almost bulletproof. Right. Because yeah. he's at that level yeah, yeah, where yeah. He, can, he can snap his fingers and make something happen.
0: Well, it's, uh, I think over time, especially with wisdom, it's like you have this sort of larger view of things. You kind of come yeah. up, you know, and so, or you're supposed to, because, right. because if you're just <laughs> like this, this is your world. I mean, essentially when you're born, this is your world. Mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. then it should expand out but some people become afraid of that expansion it's like, right. oh, we're just gonna you know set it right here and then they can't see anything else so right. there's no opportunity they see they don't
1: now what drives that fear for people um, who are this afraid
0: th- bec- more so change than anything else there's a fear of like what is my environment and this is not conscious people aren't sitting there going what is you know I'm scared of my environment changing I mean there are people who go you know I am afraid of change or I don't like change you know things like that but a lot of times it's just this innate feeling of like uh oh you know this feels like without my control over the situation and so therefore I'm just gonna like keep it like rigid so that way it doesn't have any movement or growth but then what happens is because of that like the brain is fighting you consciousness about that and going no 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 we need to grow because that's what we need to do and so there's constant sort of like messages back and forth and consciousness doesn't pick up on that. We don't pick up on that. All we want is like, well, I have anxiety. Let's get rid of it. Versus, yeah. okay, you have anxiety. Why? Let's figure out where is it coming see, from. See, What's the purpose? And
1: this, not to interrupt, but I want I want to ask mm-hmm. a question because you just said that this is happening unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as you and I have discussed, I'm obviously fascinated by decision making and, mm-hmm. and ideas. So my question is, mm-hmm. how, how? I want to make sure I ask this correctly. How? important is the unconscious when you make the state when somebody says Mm -hmm. to me a lot of these now potentially problematic decisions
0: right right
1: when when you're operating it's a good anxiety and there's bad anxiety right right now we're trending more towards the bad anxiety right trending doesn't mean it's all bad Mm -hmm. but it's trending Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um my question is Uh if it's unconscious yeah How are they... What how are what what's their behavior like? So it's unconscious. So obviously, like you're saying, they're not sitting there, you know, mm-hmm. mulling it over and saying, no. which I do, right? right, right I can mull right, I can mull right. over my anxiety. I mean, sure. I can do it. I'm aware of it, and I know it's there.
0: Well, that's but, the thing. It's the sense of awareness and wanting to like, in, you know, look deeper into it. So
1: what's what's their qualia at the moment? Like when they walk I, into I, your mm-hmm. office, they're operating on their anxiety mm-hmm. because they're 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 afraid of a of an underlying change.
0: Right, and the interesting thing is, it, they have you know information about that but then it's self-generated too so there's certain people who will actually will self-generate the anxiety um, without doing the work that is required to deflate it so meaning it, they're just stuck in their head about it that this is how it's going to be Oh, I'm never going to blah 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 whatever it is or you know like when people are in a state of recovery whether from an injury or an accident or you know or from surgery or etc I you know, I have to go back to work and it's not gonna go well. And it's like, well, wait a minute, before you even anticipate and jump into the future, that's not gonna go well, just take it, you know, a step at a time. Like, okay, just focus on today of feeling better and just keep it chill. Don't do anything that would, you know, exacerbate things or flare things up. And then the first day of work, just take it easy. Let your boss know ahead of time, like, hey, I'm back. My plan is to be here full time today you know work the, the whole eight hours however i don't know how that's going to go so you just you if you prepare yourself you know and that's really what it is if you have the ability to like look into the future of go well, what are the potentials what's going to happen here's plan a here's plan b you know uh one of the patients i gave a suggestion it's like because they have a really difficult commute well for the first week or even two why not just get a hotel room and just stay there closer so that way you have one less thing to worry about right and it's funny because there's kind of almost like it makes sense it wouldn't actually break the bank and but there's this sort of like i don't know about that kind of feel to Mm -hmm. things because if you've already set in place what you think is going to happen now it's just a dog to the bone right you're just sending your brain off to that so i can already hear how it, it's not going it, to – they're not going to actually get a hotel room, even if they, that would be a good idea. Even it would cut down on, like, their stress and pain and everything else because, look, if you're driving X amount of hours per day in a commute with any surgery or injury or, you know, tension in your back, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, everything, you're going to feel it. It's exhausting. It's tiring to drive. So the person's going to be, like, two scoops of tired, and then they're going to be like, oh, I'm not performing well at work. You see what right. I mean? So it's that self-fulfilling prophecy that, you know, people, like, allude to, and it's like, no, it's a real thing. So you just have to be aware of the unconscious elements that exist, and that's what I find interesting. Logics tend to have more sense of awareness. There's an undertone to things. Emotions, because they operate so, so much on the surface about, like, oh, I don't want this to be out of my control, really don't know about it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, they kind of jump into, back to the same routine.
1: So when they, when you tell them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay, so... You know they come in. Mm-hmm. the anxiety is flaring. Yeah. You know that it's that they're not, you know, aware of it. Right. That it's happening. Right. How do you bring their attention to it? Hmm. How you know maybe give us maybe two or three examples of how the person responded? Was it positive? Was it a negative uh, response to it?
0: Mm-hmm. Were they
1: able to modulate their behavior? Right. And if so, we know what were the results? Mm-hmm. Now we know we can't. I mean th- these things are physiological. So there's only so much you can you can do to the anxiety is going to happen. What you can do is not yeah. allow your Body to physically act on the anxiety, or to you know mm-hmm. allow racing thoughts to occur. Like I kind of stuck. You, you can do. You, know, you feel the racing thoughts. You go work out, right? Or you right. feel the racing thoughts. You go have some sex. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, let's absolutely. Just keep or it or
0: like, you know, or write. You get yeah. purge it somehow. Do something. Distract yourself. So, you know, anxiety is energy. Right. Just like anger is. Just like you know, you manifest these things, and so it, your brain's telling you use this energy do something. It's trying to draw your attention to something so that way you can manage it, take care of it. So uh, when we do talk about anxiety, um, especially from, from a logic standpoint, we just do behavioral math and we unlock what the situation is. I so have one patient, the drive in his life is the OCD, which is driven from anxiety because things have to be a certain way. They don't want to miss information. So they there's just so specific with the information. It's just at this sort of like level where it, it's painful. And so, I'm attempting to release them from it by putting things in perspective. Literally, you know, basically they're barring for me the perception of what they need to do. So, as an example, if they, you know, have to like wash something a certain way, it, it's like, well, why? What's the drive to actually sit there for 20 minutes on one dish? And and I'm not exaggerating. It, this is just what happens to people. It's like they get so tied in because and it grows they it actually grows larger and larger as you're doing something and because they know they're wasting time and so the brain's just trying to you know c- really communicate with you and go actually l- put down to this you're you're fine go do what you need to do but that person is driven to like no i need to do this there's a need to instead of like understanding like no there's an option not a need not a have to we don't have to do anything We should want to, we should, you know, there should be certain things in our life that pulls us that it's like, you know, obvious, like, show up on time and do your work and be nice to people, like, you know, but as far as like, that undertone, I always find that these are just messages, whether it's anxiety or depression, these are messages from your brain that your brain wants to, wants you to pay attention to. The problem is, is that consciousness gets to decide how you interpret that symptom, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I know I'm unusual to go, oh, okay, you know, anxiety is a good thing because then it kind of gives you a point of direction. Let's look mm-hmm. at that. And most people just want to get rid of it, you know, so they don't want to focus on it and they just want to run away from it. And then it becomes more of a sense, especially if it's severe, it turns into panic. So now is what's what I find interesting from the first moment of, like, somebody having a panic attack, to a secondary panic attack, the focus now becomes the fear of having that panic attack. Mm-hmm. So we've actually moved away from the cause of the initial one. Mm-hmm. So then it transfers, and it becomes automatic. This, this, as soon as you have the first one, all of a sudden now you're fearful of having one like in a public place because you're gonna lose control of yourself and you feel desperate and crazy. and you know. And so now it's like, I'm so afraid that I'm gonna just break apart where I don't have any help or support and I'm not going to be able to help myself. Mm -hmm. And so then it causes people to just withdraw, stay in their home, avoid certain things, Mm -hmm. don't not drive, not interact with people. You know, they avoid going to like the supermarket when there's, you know, during the busy times or certain things. So their life becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's that view. We go back to this. If my life is this small, then I don't have to worry about all this. Now the problem becomes because you already have knowledge of all this, your brain goes. Wait a minute! This is, you. Got to take care of this stuff out here. Right. So then, guess what? The beacon becomes larger and bigger and louder, and just y- you have to contend with it. Mm-hmm. When it gets too big for you know to fill the room, then that's where people feel like you know, I, I need meds. I need professional help. People don't come in and be like, Hey, I have a touch. I, there's only been a couple people. This and this is like throughout my entire you know practice years. Um, a gentleman. He was in his I want to say late forties. Totally Asperger's, didn't know he was, okay? Um, but he also had bipolar, and he, they, were, they were making a change at work, going from an office setting to an in-home setting, right? And they, he was really afraid that he was going to have a breakdown because the environment has shifted on him. Hmm. And so he came in, he's like, I'm really afraid, I'm going to just get into the state of depression, not get out of bed, like they're going to do this, and I, I don't know how to deal with that. So all we did is lay out a new routine and schedule within his home life. So that way it mimicked work. And sometimes what I tell people, like if you have a designated area or room, like if you're working from home, because I think boundaries are really important to have, then you put you know, a placard on your door or, or a note or something to kind of signify that this is my workspace. I, even though I'm at home, I'm actually at work. And so there needs to be some sort of separation and, sp- and if you're working at home around family, they don't see that separation at all. Right. So they're going to bug you. They're going to, like, you know, pull you away from what you're doing. And it gets very frustrating. And that's, again, anxiety. It's like, wait, I need to establish the same routine. So everyone is different because sometimes people feel the anxiety, like, actually have an effective response to it. Other people have the physiological aspects of anxiety, the trembling hands, the heart rate, the, you know, clamminess, et cetera. Um, and, and other people have the, the, the thinking aspect. Oh, no, bad things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. So there's three levels of things. So I have to figure out, well, are you a thinker? Are you a feeler? Or are you just more of like a physical, you know, uh, individual? You're more somatic. And so you've got to sort of, div- you know, decide and divide. Like, okay, because if a person has a more of a cognitive feel to their anxiety, you use those words. You know, if a person has more of a feeling to it, then we use other objects to make them feel better. You mm-hmm. know, if there's a physicality, there's probably a detachment of emotionality to begin with. And so we have to do something else. Because, you know, it's not one size fits all. I think a lot of therapists attempt to kind of like, here's what we need to do. These are the techniques for. Well,
1: you know, you made an interesting comment last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, You said that you, the statement you made actually might have Mm -hmm. been this week. Mm -hmm. You you said the scientific symptom. That was the Mm -hmm. the term you used. And the scientific and specific Mm -hmm. was dealing with how science tries to a pr- We're talking about research versus practice.
0: Oh, uh-huh. And
1: yeah. you were saying that the researchers, the scientists, mm-hmm. right, the active, you know, actively doing research yep. um can oftentimes miss the mark. Yeah. Um in terms of specific individual cases. Mm-hmm. And you know, me being the big science popularizer that I am, I, you know, I I thought about that and I said, well, what, you know, what's my how do I feel about that statement? And <clears throat> the 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 irony is it's again that people don't know and this is even the scientists themselves yeah. that people do not know what science's role is supposed to be in a right. lot of these conversations mm-hmm. and uh, something that you just said triggered this 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 statement you know this this the purpose of science is to create specialists under conditions when you're a scientist right. you are you are an expert at some phenomenon. Mm-hmm under some conditions right like that's that's a it's like a tagline that people don't bring in like they think that oh when you're a scientist you know you know everything about blah blah no there's physicists that only know high energy physics they can do right you know Mm -hmm. kinematics or whatever but that's not their specialty they would need to do more work Mm -hmm. in order for them to try to come and you know answer your question especially if it's a professional question um and so oftentimes people m- don't know how to, you know, understand their behaviors or right. understand the behaviors of others mm-hmm. uh, because we all want a one size fits all. That's what you just said. We all want a one size therapist, mm-hmm. want one size fits all uh, mm-hmm. modalities. And mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is there's never been a a, a point in, the tr- in a true good scientist's career, especially a behavior or social scientist, has never said that we have the panacea. We have the... You know, this is the modality that's going to end all modalities. Right. Unless they wanted to sell something, right. uh, then right. that's a whole different conversation. That's a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, if you if you are a uh, if you're a person like me, you're you're adjacent to these fields. The thing to do is you just know stuff, know right. a lot. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Because you're not trying to practice, you're not trying to you know, mm-hmm. you're not doing anything that's going to affect someone's health outcomes. Right. So you just need just know True. that's that. So if you're if you're someone like me, you're more of an advocate, you're more of, a, of an ally mm-hmm. to, the, to the mental health industry. Just know, know, every, know what CBT means, know what DBT right. means, know what mm-hmm. uh, psychodynamics means, know what psychoanalytic theory you – know, n- right. no behaviorism, no no ABA, no stuff. Know everything. Know your idea. Yeah, know everything. <laughs> know everything. Know, notes, That's like, know the... what the ways is, know what the whims – know what it looks for mm, yep. so that when people ask you, you can field a lot of questions for, your, for the person that you're mm-hmm. allying for. But then when you're the ally themselves, right, right. if you become – I um, become the licensed uh, professional. That's mm-hmm. Dr. Connor was saying, that th- this is not the time for you to become dogmatic. It's actually the right. time for you to become even more creative.
0: Right, absolutely. And to understand
1: that case by case, mm-hmm. um, there might be a person that presents borderline with bipolar this, bipolar that, you know, automatically absolutely. goes DBT, right? right? But in your mind you go. Mm,
0: not for that person. Maybe
1: not for this person. <laughs> right. Let me try X, Y, and Z. And if you have a mentor mm-hmm. or you have somebody who mm-hmm. is who's seasoned and knows their business, they can help you come up with a creative modality. Um, oh, I feel absolutely. that the, 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 wor- the world between science mm-hmm. theor- uh, science and theory and science and practice, we've, we overly formalize the two worlds. They've, they've already f- they've forgotten. I don't know if they ever knew <laughs> how they're supposed to support one another. Research is yeah. about creating new ideas. Right. Practice is about applying new ideas. Right. That's it. Right. Applying new mm-hmm. idea, new stuff. Try it. We we know that the body of knowledge isn't big enough to to deal with every single person. Mm-hmm. Seven and a half billion people. We don't have enough theories and and, oh, and, and books written for every absolutely. single person to be known. So this mm-hmm. is the time for you to go. Ooh, this person's presenting mm-hmm. this this symptom, that symptom, that symptom call up Dr. Conover, talk to them about mm-hmm. it, take an hour, right? She'll give you an hour of her time to discuss a case. Sure. Especially if it's an interesting case. Oh, yeah. That, that may need some testing, right? I'm that we can charge for, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we, there, there's exchanging ideas. Mm-hmm. This is what you can do as, a, as you don't have to be a professional, you know, in the field to get into the idea of exchanging
0: right. information. And, and I think that's what's, it, you know, it's interesting with the adaptive. It's just having this sort of concierge service about, like, I want to talk about this concept. Yep. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this idea. I'm struggling with this sort of behavior over there at work. I'm, I'm. So there's, people are looking for solutions. I mean, we Google everything. How to da 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 da. But the problem becomes like there's this just rote information. That's like, well, this person's saying that. That person's saying, and it's not specific to me. It's not tailored. What I'm noticing as far as the change in the world, especially with technology, like you can customize your shirts you can customize and so it's really leading into this sort of uh, like ideology about we are individuals that need you know their individual things to that specific person that they need it is not a one size fits all kind of mentality but although and i see this with with therapists they think that that's what it is. Well, if you're borderline, then you do DBT, as you're saying, you know. But the reality is, is that no, because sometimes, like even even the DBT, it, the therapy for borderline actually is borderline itself because you get kicked out if right. you don't show up. Right. So there's a sense of rejection. I always find that fascinating, you know. So that's why it's like, well, you can't. And I've had therapists were like, well, they stop showing up, and so I'm going to kick them out, and I'm just like, well, wait a minute. First of all. You know, the holidays are coming up. It was December. Their birthday was coming up, and they're a young person in their teens. And it's like, that is a bad mix of things. So your decision-making is to cut them off because they, they stopped showing up. Why don't you put more effort to figure out why did they stop showing up versus rejecting them because you have to follow this, you know, structure of things. And I get it, and I, I respect structure of things, absolutely. But it's like, you know what, it, it isn't like that. So if something happens in the, in the environment – we're supposed to be flexible about it we're supposed to like understand it better so it's like oh okay, here's a point where we can move into one direction it's like this this has come back around like you know humans like to play things out in theater we like to play it out here automatically and then guess what therapists in particular they start pushing and pulling with their client versus kind of taking a step back and going huh what does this mean why is this factor like a parent what's going on there right and so I, I'm, I'm quite fascinated about that and I always feel like, oh, okay, this is a breakthrough. But again, that therapist is kind of literally falling you know, taking the bait, falling into the same pattern as probably their their last 20. I'm not mm-hmm. even exaggerating 20 therapists. Mm-hmm. And so I had to kind of be like uh, pump the brakes on that. Let's reconsider. Let's look at the bigger picture and what this means in right. the grander scheme. And I think that's what's difficult for people. Like I, I feel like my ability is to look at something at this very small form and then also expand it out. So that way I get two views of the situation. So I think that's one of the things I'm able to do. And then share that with other therapists, give them additional information, what makes them think about it. Like, oh, now I see it differently. And just because of that new view of things, by the way, that's what shifts people. It's like, if you didn't know there's another way to get there, how are you going to spontaneously come across it? Right. Especially if you're taking the same road every single time home. Until someone says, hey, maybe you should go, you know, I know your house is on the right, but if you go left and you go this way, you'll avoid all, all this traffic. People don't think of doing that because it didn't even occur to them. Mm-hmm. That's why we need that sort of reflection and, you know, each other, so to speak. This is how the human c- you know race continues on. The fact that we need each other. Mm-hmm. We're not so self-contained as we'd like to think. But mm-hmm. we're attempting to, Right. which I, th- I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think as soon as we hit that level of self-containment and, and you know, that you know, not needing anyone that's where we're gonna just start slowly dying off you know yeah
1: well luckily i don't I don't think we have the structures in place to to continue to spin out. I think it always corrects itself
0: mm-hmm. and
1: brings it back to the center uh, absolutely um, but you know it's 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 fascinating it's the the human mind is fascinating, of course, we created an entire damn podcast around it oh yeah <laughs> you absolutely. know so i mean there's it's a, the fast, it's a fascinating uh Mm-hmm. This, this blob of jelly that creates such a rich a rich universe um uh, that has you know different hues and scales and idiosyncrasies to it so uh but yeah i want to get you out of here Yep, get my next for patient. Once. Um, thank you happens. guys so much thank you uh, we'll see you uh next friday next for the labor friday. day weekend uh, yeah. um, special something something we have something in the special as to why I have something in store (laughs) (laughs) for you. Because I never know. I haven't told her yet. (laughs) It's just fine. Uh, I like surprises.
0: (laughs) These kind of surprises. Yeah, (laughs) the fun ones. The The fun ones. So anyways,
1: we hope that you have a great weekend. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach me at Bryce at ConoverBrown.com, or you can reach us uh, collectively at People or Human. uh, uh, Actually, no, let's use Human at ConoverBrown.com. I like that one. I check it more often. Um, So me, you can reach me at Bryce at ConoverBrown.com, the general sort of info. Uh, email is uh, human at conoverbrown.com. We're we're more than happy to field all your questions, comments, concerns. Mm -hmm. If you have something specific you want to ask Dr. Conover or something specific you want to ask me. Um, If you want to know what we have going on, you can join our newsletter. Um, And that's it. I mean, we have a lot of really awesome stuff yeah. coming towards the end of the year. It's been a crazy world. I can't I believe know. it's almost September. Already. I know. Oh, um, my. But, you Summer's know, we're, over. We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it up, mm-hmm. and we, we, we're sending our chickies. What our, our high school intern just started school. Yay.
0: We're sending so our college great. intern
1: back Yay. off next month. So yeah. it's like it's fall time, right? It's
0: fall. It's, it's autumn. Absolutely. It's, it's
1: right around the corner. So I'll be 29 in less than a week. Wow. So that's going to be You mean weird. 79.
0: All right,
1: 89. 89. Old young guy. Old. So anyways, thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of the day rest of your you. day and uh, we'll see you next week.
0: All right, bye.